Guys, they do magic. magic. They are the Magic Guys. Yo, Magic Guy fam, what's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 91 of the Magic Guys. To my left, I have Doug. Oh, wait. No, I don't have Doug. That's fine. To my right, I have Jace. Oh, I have them either. Both of the co-hosts are away this week. Jason, as we know, is swimming aboard the uh, the cruise ships, killing it, doing really great. And Doug is having his birthday weekend getaway. So what I thought would be cool is for, for Doug's birthday, you guys, if you want to send in some audio birthday wishes to Doug on the Magic Guys Instagram, next week I'll compile them all and uh, and we'll play them all for him. Maybe we'll end the podcast by playing all the um, the birthday wishes. That could be super fun. So... He's away. He's not here, but that's fine uh, because I love chatting to you guys. And uh, and I have a guest who will bring on in a in a moment as well, who is a return guest, but um, <clears throat> a big influence in my magic. And hopefully, you know, I can open that floodgate to uh, help influence you guys as well. <clears throat> but thanks for being here uh, live in the chat. Pasha, as always, bro, it's great to see you. And uh, I know he's someone that's got some interesting questions for, for PD as well. So... As always, if you're just listening to this, feel free to jump on YouTube and watch this when we go live. And uh, you'll notice I'm sipping out of my merchandise mug. Just listen to the ASMR. Oh, yeah. Available at themagicguysshow.com. But look, we have a guest. Now, something funny happened. You guys know I normally run a an animated intro when I bring on a guest. But for some reason... Uh, the files disappeared of, of the curtain that I normally use, so i got to redo it all. But nonetheless, for those listening, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about, and um, I'm still going to play the soundtrack anyway, so it'll still sound exactly the same as we bring on Peter Nguyen, a.k.a. PD Magic, a.k.a. Fat Magic Cat, a.k.a. Party Never Stops. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Petey Magic. Yo, 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 what is up? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's actually uh, 7 a.m. over here. So. Man, we Good appreciate to see you, Josh. It. Yeah, bro, it's great. Can you believe I was looking at the last episode we did, man, and it was a whole year ago now that you were on this Man, podcast. I was just going to say 91. That's that's uh, that's. A lot of effort. It's not easy to do, <laughs> but you lot, guys man. are consistent with it, man. So, yeah, you gotta do a, you gotta do a big one for the one hundred too. I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think of what, yeah, what what direction we go in. But maybe the viewers can can help with that. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, your background sounds way better. We were just chatting off air, and um, <laughs> in, in, people are up early in the morning and uh, and creating a bit of background sound for us. But anyway. Nonetheless, yeah. Well, I was um, just for those who just chimed in. I went to get some coffee this morning at around about six thirty because Josh wanted to get on and do a little quick sound check fifteen minutes prior. And I got into a, a coffee shop that is generally not busy around this hour because there's a lot of other cafes here. And then uh, this <laughs> this older lady and her husband decided to come and have coffee there, and then they sat right behind me, and they were just yapping on. And Josh was like, "Yeah, <laughs> we can hear that." Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know there's at least one viewer that speaks Vietnamese, so he might be able to make out what you're saying. But for everyone else, you know, it might be just some lost noise, some lost noise mm-hmm. there. But, but anyway, good to have you back, man. And you started, uh, 
It was cool watching. You started a podcast during the the, uh, the lockdown. lockdown. What did you call it again? The ISO um, party. It or? was um, yeah. it was called Quarren Stream Vibes. Ah, that's it. That's it. Quarren Stream. So it, it just started because um, I don't know how severe the lockdown in Oz was, but in Vietnam we had an actual. We went in sort of levels, and we went like this one session where it was like two weeks of just zero outdoors. Like we had military delivering groceries for people. So me and a mate of mine, a DJ mate of mine, said, "Let's let's do just 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 get on, I guess, an hour or two, and then just mm. vibe with people." And I had an open link there, so anyone could jump on if they wanted to. Uh, which we took away after some time because we had some random people come on. And it was and it was a little bit um, disturbing uh, for <laughs> at one stage. So yeah, we called it quarantine stream because yeah, everyone was in quarantine. So quarantine stream vibes. Yeah, and then wow. it just we just kept yeah we just kept going, and then um, we had a mob reach out to us and, and sort of semi-sponsored, uh, not cash, but they sponsored a. Um, their page, their network, which was like 50,000 people, which was still mm. difficult to reach because it's a completely different you know, group of people that, you know, they're not really tuning into what we talk about. But, you know, we sort of did it for about uh, a couple of months. I think we're on 98 episodes of that one. Oh, my God. So yeah, you're doing so, it. Wow. So even though the pandemic level was two weeks, you just kept it going. We kept it going. Yeah, we kept yeah. it going. And we had yeah. um, a couple of guys from, we had another guy from Brisbane, Matthias. I don't know if you know him. He runs Downshift, the auto sort of. Oh, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, yeah so that's, yeah. that's Matthias. He's moved here as well. So, oh. hey, he's actually in America now. He's going to Burning Man. Living the life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got, to, we got some questions already. I knew Pasha yeah. was going to give us the, the good stuff. So Pasha is a, is a fellow Brisbane magician. I did some uh, some street magic with him recently and, and shared some of the videos on our Magic Guys Reels. I love but, it. But uh, question number one, when are you coming back to Brisbane? Do you still have your source license plate? And if so, can I use it? <laughs> your, lives, <laughs> your life seems to be a spectrum of gig life. Will it be like that forever? There's a, f- there's a, there's a few... Th- there's a bit of ammo in there, but... Um, okay, so let's start with number one. Have, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm planning to come uh, probably towards the end of this year. Um, I don't think mum's watching, but I want to try and surprise her for her birthday. Um, so that will be definitely on the cards. Um, now with now that everything's opened up and easy flowing, easy, easy flying. Uh, I do have my source plates still. It's probably in the garage somewhere, a little bit faded. Um, I don't think it's registered to anything because the car's sold already. So uh, it may not be registered to a car, but I don't know if it has a name registered to it. So depends on depends on what you want to use it for, uh, Pasha. So that's number two. Mm. Number three. And that's more of an inside um, inside info, I guess, into people's yeah. life that maybe not everyone gets. But, but uh, the name Hot Sauce was a big part of your world, especially when you had your YouTube channel and stuff. Mm. And I guess, were you lucky to get the license plate source or that was uh, um, customized? I think the cheapest, the cheapest to get the customizer, the cheapest at the time to get three letters, two numbers, I think it was like maybe a few hundred bucks. I can't remember. But that was the combo that yeah. a lot of my friends got as well, two numbers and three letters. And 
sauce so originally sort of came from because I was into the basketball and one, and it was hot sauce. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's too expensive to get hot sauce. So if I got sauce, then at least it's sort of halfway there kind of thing. Uh, and then I had a red Civic, so you know, red kind of chili hot sauce oh, yeah. kind of thing. And then that yeah, became the YouTube channel, and <laughs> and yeah. But as you know, as you get, I was just going to say, as you know, like now when you grow up, you think, because you don't know, you sort of just pick any name. Like my first email mm. was Peter Chu, as in C-H-U, because I was a Pokemon Pikachu, but I put it as Peter Chu 69. Everyone had 69 <laughs> in their email. So, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> now you're, you're on a business stage. You want to make a, make sure you have a, the right name. To sort of push it matches your website and your other socials and stuff as well. Uh, you gave me that advice too when I first had a website, and I I called it Mysterious Productions because I didn't know mm-hmm. what I would do with it eventually. And then you made a good point, and like you're like, look at all the magicians you look up to, and they all have their name as their website, um, yeah, you know, for their for their brand. And I and I think I'm pretty sure that's why I changed it. Um, but you still yeah, use Mysterious we, we Productions were... though, yeah. Look, that could be part of your production brand, I guess. It's on, yeah, it's still a registered business name. I use it on my invoices. I still own that website. So if old clients went to it, it would, you know, it, they'd still see, like the domain would still lead them to um, to me. But but otherwise, I don't like tag the end of my videos with it anymore or anything like that. But who knows? It's still there. I still own the, the name and stuff. But, you know. Yeah. We just grow up. And... <laughs> And question three, your life seems to be a spectrum of gig life. Will it be like that? Yeah. You know, you know the, the thing is, and I think um, I think you'll understand this too, Josh, because you're, I guess, really, you know, one of the very few people I know that are doing it full time. And JJ said this to me when we were traveling. Um, as you know, like when you get so deep into performing, whatever stage that is in your career. It gets you do get to a point where you wonder, will this go on forever? Will people mm. keep booking me as I go along? You even get demotivated and you know not learn as much as you used to, and then you get a spark to come back and whatnot. But I do feel that if you keep those skills quite tight and you've got like a set show or something that is quite solid, there's compared to any other profession in, in terms of artistry. I feel magic has always got, um, you know, first dibs in top two or three of, of entertainment where people want to try and book. Like if I stopped doing magic now and went and did something else and it didn't work, the magic will always be there. Like then I could come back, you know, you can always come back and then rebrand yourself and people go, oh yeah, great. We want to get a magician here, you know? And I feel that, magicians over the years will still always be booked it's just it's just part of an entertainment thing for any sort of event corporate especially they're always looking for these entertainment to to, to you know uh, entertain their clients and magic is probably one of the easiest other than getting a singer and you know a small contortionist act or what whatnot the magic is probably the best in engagement in getting people talking about things it can be mm. customized to be branded and everything so i feel that you really keep those skills and sort of stay, you have to stay ahead of the game, but if you stay within where it's at, you can always still get bookings. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Like the older we get, you start to have 
more and more of those conversations with yourself like because in the beginning you know most people watching this are, are um you know young guns or they're fresh into getting into magic or you know they're in that period where like you know consuming consuming new stuff mm. and uh and it seems like it'll never end but eventually you do go um yeah will i keep doing this or will i evolve it to something else or will i stop doing it you know is it going to create that safety net for <clears throat> funding my life is you know if i have a family you know all these kind of things and uh and a few guys in australia have i've i've watched them kind of branch off while still doing magic but um guys like adam Marta, for example in sydney has gone mm-hmm. a lot more into the consulting route so he started consulting for the harry potter theater shows as the magic consultant and now he's the magic consultant on australia's got talent here and i can mm-hmm. see him you know slowly making that transition and then you've got a mm-hmm. uh, like Christopher Wayne and Mike Tyler here who I'm doing the showman theater show with they they've they're uh they've created their own production company so they're going to eventually start producing shows more than maybe they are performing shows mm-hmm. and so I can see that sort of natural like you use that skill you have to do other stuff like how you've taken your your showmanship skills and and um, done a whole bunch of acting successfully uh, over there in Vietnam and um I always I wanted that too but you know I think <laughs> I I still love magic so I'll probably still do it for as long as but I that, can I think the the but. thing with you also is Josh because you you've got a very you're very highly skilled with your slides like I see all your videos <laughs> and you're at the stage where like you said every now and then you 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 put together a little show you know where you you see you know 30, 40, 50 people. And when you're in a position that you can do that, you know that, you know, you're not that struggling magician at the start where you, you're just trying to get scraped through doing gigs at clubs and stuff like that. Mm. You know, like mm. you, Halloween's coming up, you might put together something and go, yo, okay, you know what? We're doing a Halloween special show. And then you put something together, market it, and then people people will buy tickets to come watch it because, you know, you don't get shows like that every day. So Yeah, true. That's true. The, the, and, the key and, is to scale it, I think. <clears throat> That's the key. Yeah. Yeah, as in like scale the uh, the audience or the show? Well, or just the- a, bit, a bit of both. So, yeah. so at the moment, I'm, I'm doing a show called The Mystic Night Show, and it's probably one of my favorite, um, I guess, pieces to, I guess, in my whole career. I, I originally met a guy who runs an experience platform here called Vibe G experiences and he's german vietnamese uh, he's partnered up with another guy here and what they do on their platform is they have multiple experiences that people can go on and and, and buy it's like a workshop call it a master class if you want it to be so you can go on and learn how to make coffee and learn how to learn how to make biscuits so he came and got me on to teach like 10 basic magic tricks over a 90 minute workshop so we did that nice. and then from that point i met um uh, another dude who had a, has a venue, he's a Vietnamese French guy, and he gutted out this venue, which is about, I'd say, seven meters wide, and it goes for something like 15 meters long. He gutted it out, high ceiling, wow. split it up into these three rooms. And when I came in and had a look at his space, I said, what, what's the space for? He says, it's an event space. So you can put things in here, you can seat it up, you can do whatever you want. But he said, the, the thing that they want to do is they want to promote Vietnamese culture. So whatever we do, use local brands or you know, whatnot. So when I showed him some, some magic, he goes, hey, let's do a magic show. 
And then he said, um, but we need to, we need to put a, a Vietnamese story to it. So we went into like a Vietnamese library and looked up all these famous Vietnamese stories, like fairy tales. And we found one that was fitting because it was about a tale about two gods, a mountain god and a water god, who fight each other in order to marry the king's princess. And from that, uh, you know, the story is a famous story and there's an analogy from that story because the water god, the, the mountain god actually wins and marries the princess, but the water god over the years, he keeps coming back and flooding the land because he's pissed off. And that's the analogy to Vietnam's rainy season. So we get these floods every year um, because of oh, the rain. And right, that the right, story right. relates to that. So we did, as you know me, like when I did stuff with Sean, we know, I narrated, I voice narrated the whole thing. It's a 90-minute experience. So people get there, they get into the small room. And we only seat maximum 14 people. They get welcome drinks for 15 minutes, lights go off, and then the show starts. It's an hour show. After that hour show, they get a, the, the remaining 15 minutes to have some uh, alcohol tasting because we're sponsored by an alcohol brand, and then they have cold cuts and cheese. So in the 60 minutes, we have a projector going where I tell part of the story. There's a slideshow, and then I come out in the uniform that you might have seen I post on the IG, and I tell the story. We split the, the group into two two teams and they play some games. So it's a bit hands-on and interactive where they've got to do certain things. And then, yeah. And, uh, and there's one illusion in it too, where I end up, I end up from the third room, I end up reappearing in the first room. So, cause the, oh, the room is snap. split up three. So mm. that, that show is nearly, it's about nearly 80 shows we've done. 80. 80. Yeah. So wow. we, we originally did, we originally ran it just mm. before COVID lockdown. And we did about 10 slots and we went into lockdown and then we sort of opened up a bit and then we ran up a few more slots where we had to do rapid testing for everyone who came. <laughs> oh, no. Because that was, that was the rule. <clears throat> and then it, we went in lockdown again. And then since then, we've done, from the beginning of this year, we do four shows a month. Four shows a month over one weekend. So the idea, and going back ah. to the scaling part of what I was um, saying before is, the idea is to scale this is because some of the tricks I do in here is not complex. Some oldies, some, some of them is changed around because I don't wear a suit, so I can't have stuff on me. Stuff is planted around the room for me to come and steal. So to scale it is there's two cars. There's me and there's a clown, a guy that plays the comic relief part in the show. So if I can train or audition another magician, a local magician, and another guy that plays the other part, then this show can just keep running through these guys and then we can start writing getting another Vietnamese story and write the next show kind of thing so that's what I mean by scaling and uh, yeah, perhaps so maybe expand it bigger than 14 people so yeah yeah wow it's and 60 it's, it's, yeah it's about 60 bucks a ticket 60. that's because yeah, there's alcohol bad. involved <laughs> <laughs> and that way yeah and that way you can you can be in more places than once technically. Like you can have this show going mm -hmm. and uh, like you said, if you have another magician in its place, then you can work on the next show that can be running or a gig you're doing or <clears throat> nice. This is yeah, good. Yeah. So I, um, to... I actually, I actually was sitting there one day and I, I, I felt that I wanted to write a show for you with the skills that I see you have. Oh yeah. So I want yeah, I want to write I want to write some 
because I feel there's something I, I think would be really cool for you. I was thinking about it like not long ago and I said, I think I can write something really cool for Josh to perform with the skills that I see you have. So when, when, we, when I come back, we'll catch up and we'll brainstorm a little bit for you. Yeah, dude, that'd be that'd be awesome. <clears throat> Not to mention my skills. What about bloody Jason? He, in the last year, oh. it, just, it must be crazy for you because I talk to him every you know every day, every week. But from afar, it must just be funny to see you know the kid that you remember remember seeing when you were in Brisbane, just like taken off on on these platforms, man. My, he is unreal, <laughs> and he's 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 developed into that. You know, he he's found where he's he, he's at. You know, he's done thousands of shows on the street. He's fantastic in front of the camera. And you read some of the comments of the people, of his fans that follow him. Like, they obviously know his favorite taglines and, you know, and it's yeah. good. It's great. He's, 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 uh, he's one of a kind in that, for sure. Crazy. In, in speaking of Jason, he actually asked a question, does the party actually never stop? <laughs> That is true because you know what this 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 came back to me not long ago. I left a party early and everyone was like, "Oh, what's the what's going on, Pity? What what CEO of Party Never Stop is going home? What's going on?" And I didn't know what to say at first, but then I quickly sort of just went, "You know what? People can stop, but the party never stops." So oh, there you go. Oh <laughs> wow, wow! That that was the out. That was the out. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd always be. That would be held against you, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Um, Pasha had some more questions, but luckily he uh, he kind of separated them, which is helpful. Um, let me see what he's got here. When is your next big acting gig? Are you still in acting? Are you still enjoying acting? Is that something you're yeah, pursuing? Yeah, I've, I've only done I've only done like small cameo roles for now. Um, I was handed a script not long ago, um, and I went for the casting, but they haven't they haven't um, finalize it i don't know if i'll get that one um the thing with 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 here is like being an agent so obviously they're, they're looking for a specific um role where obviously vietnamese can speak vietnamese and some english um but then like i don't know it's it's i feel that anyone who's already living in vietnam to get a main role unless you're friends with like the director or someone you know, then you have a better chance because right now they're still really just going for American vids that are already in California, probably already oh, have really? a <laughs> few names under their belt uh, on, on what they've done. Um, I did a cameo uh, for a movie just recently. It'll be out in November, I think. It was like one big scene, a little bit of talking. I just played like a Vietnamese businessman who bought all these paintings off this chick tries to ask her out and she says no and that's the end of my scene but, <laughs> but even that scene took like almost a whole day just to shoot because they were taking so many goddamn angles so it's a horror actually that movie so um, it's always, movies are always like that hey it's uh whether whether you, it's a small piece or a more complex piece you're at least there for the whole day like just mm -hmm. for that 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 interaction did I tell you I was in a movie with Mike Tyson? No, you did not. <laughs> so I'm in the same movie. I'm in the same movie as Mike Tyson, cameo role, but I was. I'm not in the same scene. I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't on the same day he was shooting. So basically, 
there's a the movie's called Girls vs Gangster, and it's a Hong Kong production. So uh, Barbara Wong, Bar- Barbara Wong, pretty famous Hong Kong director, she she took a script based off the Hangover movie. So these three honky girls go on a bachelorette party and they decide to go to Vietnam and get wild. They wake up drunk, don't remember a thing, with a suitcase full of money and they run around trying to figure out what's going on and they run into Mike Tyson in one of the scenes and they run into me, which I played this cheesy magician, full penguin tails, where I do the illusion where you, you you put the person in the chair, put the thing over it and they disappear, but they fall through the chair and underneath the platform. So we had to get that built because we didn't have that illusion here. So it sounds a yeah, little bit my, more than inspired by the hangover. <laughs> yeah. Basically it's, it's a female version of um, the hangover. Yeah. Which, which is great. I, that someone has to do it, but I'm guessing it's in <laughs> Vietnamese. Is that right? Um, no, or it's no? in Chinese actually, because it's not Chinese. a Vietnamese movie because it was shot in Hong Kong. Uh, it's, right, it's, it's Hong right. Kong based, but they come to Vietnam. So I guess some scenes will have Vietnamese, but the main girls will be speaking Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone has to do it in um, English too at some point, surely. Yeah, surely for sure. So, so you're seeing, <laughs> and so they got Mike Tyson for the for that role too. That that's because mm. my mate shot the, the the day that he he was shooting the posters. He was doing the photos for the posters, and he said that when Tyson was there, everyone was saying, "Man, Tyson's." He goes, "Tyson's such a nice guy," and I was asking him, um, asking my mate, "So did he? What did he request?" He said, "Like it's funny because in Vietnam, we don't have." all the actors, they don't get these fancy trailers like, you know, what George Clooney or Brad Pitt would get to rest in before their scenes. Like you're literally just getting like a nice lazy chair that can recline and you're relaxing. But Tyson was given like a little minivan where he can relax him. And uh-huh. he, he said that he had to have a PlayStation 4 set up for him. That was wow. all I heard from my friend. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's been funny. I've been watching him on. He's been doing a couple of podcasts over the last year, and um, mate, he's great though, isn't he? He's funny, and and was it? He, lo- he loves his I, weed. Yeah, he loves his, loves his mushrooms. Shrooms. He loves his shrooms. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> he just took a whole handful of them on the the impulse yeah, Logan heaps. Paul's podcast, <laughs> and you just hear him chewing them, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to squeeze the juices out of them," and uh, he's just going at it. Have you tried shrooms? No, I haven't, man. Haven't. No. When you ever get a chance, if you ever get to Amsterdam, you can try it there because it's legal over there. Okay. Um, It's it's quite an experience, actually. It's quite an experience. (laughs) Uh, I'd say I'd say it's it's it's. I don't think you can stop laughing. It's just hardcore hysterical laughing. uh, Heightened senses, bright lights, audio is great. Obviously, the visuals are bizarre, but. It's it's a it's a quite a different experience. I'm I'm actually really surprised that in Amsterdam it's sold in shops as per normal. Wow. You buy it through. They give you a menu and they'll ask you, "What would you like? Would you like lots of laughing? Would you like how? What's your level of hallucination preference? Uh, do you want audio sort of thing?" It's like a whole menu, and you're like, "What?" And then the guy's like, "Is this your first time?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "All right. Well, I think this is good for you guys. It'd only be a three-hour trip. Here you go, thirty wow. euros. Bam." And he goes, go to the park, lie in the grass, and enjoy. Oh like, my okay. god! <laughs> so, rather than saying what what um, substances do you want, they're more like what, yeah, what what hallucinations do you want? What feeling do you yeah, want? Yeah, that's 
because then he gives you the he gives you the right amount. So. <laughs> no wonder everyone no wonder everyone goes there. Um, the next question we had was, uh, do you have a set creative process? And I was going to say, I, I bet mushrooms would be some people have got to use that for their creative process for sure. Um, the the thing with um, shrooms is you when you question things, you're questioning. You're literally asking out of the box questions, and then for some reason, if you, whoever you're doing with gives you an out of the box answer, I don't know how it works. It just works. Um, right. But obviously, not on the shrooms. My set creative process is I've always just gone by what what Sean's taught me: effect before method. You know, you think of your end result, and then you sort of reverse engineer it. Um, how you want to do it. Like when we wrote a show for this James Bond ball, I was trying to figure out because, you know, when you do these corporate shows and they have a stage set up, it's not like the stage can be set up specifically catered to a magic show. Mm. The stage is set up for their lucky draw for a singer, a band might be set up on there. So you can only sort of make do with what you have. They might have a couple of flaps on the side. Is there a back door you can run around to reappear at the back? So you, you have to sort of work with what you have in a set. So then I would come in and say, okay, well, I want to I do the illusion where I appear behind the people. So the first thing I have to look at is have I got a path? And next thing is how will I do the switch or create the diversion mm. that I'm still at the stage and then come back. So, yeah, effect before method. Think of your result and then see and work backwards Yeah, and go from there. Speaking of, of using like what's around you or, or um, making do with what's around you, I was meant to do a roving gig on the weekend and this guy hired me for his wife's birthday. They just seen me at like a cocktail event where I was mm -hmm. roving, but they hired me for this. It was at their home and, and, uh, I knew there was only a small amount of guests and from experience, I usually when there's like 20 guests or less is a really 80% chance it'll just become a close up show. Like not, mm -hmm. They're just going to naturally all just watch what you're doing at once. So I kind yeah. of, I kind of prepped for that, but, um, I, yes, I walk in and everyone's just around like a big barbecue kind of square table kind of thing. And I'm like, great. So luckily I had planned to like produce, um, a bottle of Moet for the, the client, like for the wife. So I knew yeah. I had like, I could start with a bit of a, sh you know, more of a stage kind of presence. And uh, <clears throat> so I did a few things, produced this bottle, and I was like, wow, great. And then I tried to break off into roving. But so I went over to this, like two or three people on the side. But the moment that they reacted to something like card spew or something, everyone just stopped their conversation and all started watching, even though they're, yeah. you know, watching from the back of me. And uh, <laughs> I just had to stop and be like, okay, I feel like we should just, we should just keep this as a show, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And so, it was a weird scenario. How long, how long were you? Well, how long were you hired for? An hour. I was there for an hour. That's that's the thing, right? Like once yeah. you start the first three, different crowds around you, you can almost run out of material if they're just all watching you at once, rather than they're sort of mingling in groups. And you can sort of start in the first half hour with pockets of people and then gather them around and finish yeah. up with your a mini show. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's it. I um, fortunately, you know, we've been doing it for so long. Like, there's just so much stuff you can jazz on because it was just close-up magic. But yeah. they, um, I would just take turns at, at using them for different stuff. But yeah, you do have to know an hour's worth of different 
material, but you know, I had some forks on me. I had a Rubik's cube. I had um, two decks of cards, and just yeah, just had, and you know, people's phones you can unlock and that kind of thing, and lots of conversation in between effects. <laughs> you know, yeah, keep them laughing. But um, yeah, I, are you are you for like? I'm guessing you're still doing the corporate gigs. Yeah, that's that's my main that's my main here and main, and the main Mystic jam. show. Um, we yeah, did, we did, um, I did have two inquiries recently <clears throat> where some groomsmen reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, can we hire you to help us do a magic performance? Because lots of weddings, groomsmen tend to just sing a song or thing, but we want to do a magic illusion for the, <laughs> with the groom for the bride. Yeah. So um, wow. We did this one where we just got a standard illusion. I had to hire it. Uh, so I went to a warehouse of this illusionist guy. He had a lot of these effects. So we got an old school one where uh, we had literally just three hours to practice with the groom. So we, it, they invited the groom up. So the trick goes, the groom goes into this box. He sits down, sticks his hand out the hole. So it's still his hand. And then as he puts it back in, he quickly slides underneath into the stairs, the steps that he climbs in. And then we had some guys remove the stairs because it's just the stairs for him to get up on. But the diversion is he gets up on into the box, slides back into the stairs. Hopefully, I'm not, I'm not revealing that for anyone. He goes away. And then the groomsmen, they continue on with the box. It gets crushed into nothing. Where has he gone? Wow. And then he's behind the bride. So I had, we had a couple wow. of gigs where um, – because when you're, doing it, when you're doing that sort of stuff for people who have never done magic before mm. – I had to choose an illusion that had very little skill they had to remember to do, which is the only thing that most skilled that they had to do is the groomsman had to know how to get in the box and that's it. And he gets out later because yeah, you know, they, we simple. wheel him out and the rest of the groomsmen just act as if like, okay, you're ready, bam, gone. And then they just do a little bit of acting. That was it. But it worked out yeah. really good. So, <laughs> Wow. So, so basically the, the effect for the audience was that he goes into the box, you see his hand, and then after some pizzazz and showmanship, the box gets crushed and he's all into like behind paper it. thin, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's bloody great. <laughs> and and the, it's so funny that you could just hire that, like you were able to source that stuff to hire. I don't know what I would do in Brisbane if I was trying to. Isn't there someone that has illusions you can, you can hire? There are or people have that have sort of make them. Definitely people that have them, but... You know, like Matt Hollywood has them. Obviously, he's got a warehouse of, of, of stuff. Chris Murphy makes stuff, but he's super hard to get a hold of, like with his schedule mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But the, yeah, there's no like, uh, yeah, hireanillusion.com or anything. But yeah. um, like I, a couple of years ago, I had to do this one where their school wanted their four senior uh, captains for the following year to appear in front of the audience. And uh, that's the one where I made the giant Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I do remember thing. that. That was cool. And uh, that was like the most stress of my life. But um, <laughs> putting that together. But, so, you, so you but you put it in a, it's an, it was an original arrangement that you put together. Huh? It wasn't any, anything that was already uh, yeah. like an old concept or anything. Huh? You had to go with what you had, which is out on the oval or something I remember seeing. Yeah, it was like it was on an oval during the day. It was a grass oval. I was going to be fully surrounded. And uh, it was going to be really hot too. So I couldn't have anything pre-planned before everyone like shows up. 
it was just like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. And I, I emailed people, big names like Franz Harari, I emailed and he even, he got back to me too. Um, and put me in touch with one of his lead TV consultants, which basically, who basically said like, basically said like, it's my job to come up with this stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I politely can't help you like, you know, for free. <laughs> and then, um, a few other guys basically all said it can't be done like, you know, unless you've got like a hundred grand and you're building some crazy staging thing. But I was like, there's got to be a way. So yeah. I took like, I took like 2000 bucks and basically had a carpenter friend of mine build this two different things, build the Rubik's cube and built this thing that could load the kids into the Rubik's cube. And, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then I had to make it into this effect of the Rubik's Cube. And anyway, it all worked out, but but um, I had to bloody, it, yeah, it was a whole thing. But, it's you know, they're the kind of things that are fun <laughs> artistically. Like when you when you conquer them, that's what feels the best mm-hmm. uh, to push yourself. And, and so we did it, but, yeah, it would have been Do you still have that could, little, you still have? I, I know, but I kept a piece of the wheel that we used to, like, wheel in everything. <laughs> Because yeah. the wheels, the wheels afterwards broke off, and um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this goddamn wheel, so I remember forever." But yeah, it's was, it was crazy. But I wish I could have just hired um, an illusion. That would have yeah. saved so much time. Um, oh, we've got Eddie, Eddie or or Gia. I don't know how you pronounce it in Vietnamese, but he is our. He's he was in Brisbane, and we did some roving magic together. But he's um, back in Vietnam now. So uh, hi. Yeah, he's a fan. I I was telling him about you already, but he's like, yeah, I know who he is. Like, you know, he, he's um, he knows of you definitely from from your movies and stuff in uh, Vietnam. But anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's guy. it's a, it's um <clears throat> funny now because I forget I forget how long I've been here. Like July just passes eleven years, Josh. God damn. <laughs> so you know, it's funny. I, I downstairs from me, there's a, there's a hairdresser, and there's a chick that works in there. And she looks maybe, I don't know, 20-something, late 20s, right? Um, maybe 27, 28. And I was there outside waiting for my grab, which is equivalent to Uber. And she comes out and she goes, you're Petey, right? And I was like, yeah, hi. And then she's like, I used to watch your show. And I was like, what show? Well, I just didn't think. I was like, what show? Because when, when she says a show, I was thinking, what show? And you said, oh, you're like the, the magic show that you did on TV, like <laughs> back then. And I was like, and I was like, shit, that's like 2011, it's 10 years ago. She goes, and I was like, she goes, yeah. She goes, yeah, I was like, I was in university when I watched your stuff. And it wow. just made me realize, like, you know, I've, I've gone, you know, like the, the, the followers, the main followers that did follow me for, for the magic stuff before I got into the film, like, they've obviously gotten older now. So it's it's funny to see older older fans, I guess. Yeah, wow. You know, and, then, but, and but the thing is, you don't age, so you probably you you look exactly like you look in the show still. So that's probably how they look so the, easily. The few gray hairs I'm getting on the side here. <laughs> is your hair short now? It it looks short. Yeah, it's it's back to short. I've got it back to short, almost back to the same old school look. Yeah, wow, old school PD look. But um, color, a, a lot of color in there. A lot of the um, Generation Z kids now will know me more of the 
Viet Uncle character that I made, the, the Vietnamese Viet Uncle character that wears a helmet all the time. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that was uh, something I just did for fun, obviously through the lockdown, and it, and it sort of took off um, with with the philosophy that, you know, that uh, the character says. So it's, it's a lot of really silly stuff, but it worked. So I, I haven't done much with him lately, but I think there's something there that I probably should do. Um, but it's just, I've got to try and find the right English jokes that can translate to Vietnamese because the punchline is different. But when you find the right one, uh, it, it, it's, uh, I get at least the 30, 40, 50,000 views on it and likes. It's just got to wow. be the right one. I've just wow. I mean, I've tested ones where like dad joke ones, it works if it's in English, but in Vietnamese, I don't think they get that. Whereas for us, we, we love the dad jokes. We love the dry humor. That works, but yeah. Comedy's not easy, eh? Hey? Yeah. I mean, mm, I mean, because it's a Vietnamese character, so maybe maybe you just make the English the English uh, titles of it just a totally different joke <laughs> or wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Um, or do it separately yeah. in English again, but then I don't know. But yeah, I, I reckon maybe you just got to completely change it. <laughs> no one's going to know. Yeah. Plus the algorithms here are a little bit different. We TikTok Vietnam is really tough on, um, I guess, content here. So no swearing, no cigarettes held in your hands, no holding alcohol. If you're in a bikini, um, you've got to have a reason to be in it. Like, in terms of where you're filming. So if you're in a bikini or topless for guys, you've got to either be at the beach or a swing pool nearby. So I've had friends who were shooting. They would be just in their room and they would get a warning. Uh, well, I think we'll I you for a second. Can you hear me? I think it, yeah, yeah. Oh, we can definitely hear you, but we could definitely hear the uh, the crumbling of your, uh, your okay. ear hole for a second. It's, it's pleasant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, they get flagged for or warnings for, for for content like that. So yeah, yeah. How how you know how are the Vietnamese girls doing OnlyFans over there? Then I must be even stricter. Um, I'm sure they. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they jump on like a, another IP address or something, which uh, yeah. a lot of people do here to watch movies and stuff. So oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, times. Funny times. Um, any any magic you've have you been like getting inspired by any magic lately? Have you, did you watch any? Uh, they haven't put out any Fizzamax or anything that just happened. But I mean, yeah, I, I followed a little bit of it, but I, I watched Chris Ramsey's um, uh, oh, vlog. Yeah, yeah. Go there, man. Yo, some of that coin work, man. Yeah, unbelievable. Like that, the skill, the slight, the just. Like onto yeah. the string and oh, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like these guys are next level. Like it's the progression of where magic is back then to now. Like wow, I watched actually. You know what? I watched the FISM act that was like in two thousand. Uh, I can't remember. It was two thousand sixteen or two thousand before that. Whatever it was, it was like a good six seven years ago, and it's still so good to watch. But you can see the creativity and storyline everyone's act just it's it's gone beyond now almost there's so much black art mm. so much gimmicks 
Oh, it's it crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, Shin Lim really set the the tone for all of that. I feel like. Yeah, all the theatrics what, and stuff. Though. What about? Because I wanted to bring this up um, with Doug last week, but we kind of ran out of time. So after Chris posted that video, he then posted a video after that, which was just a camera, like a monologue of him talking about his feelings of magic moving forward. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you? Have you watched that one? Yeah, I watched that one last night because he he fell out of uh, I guess he fell out of magic for a little bit. And he just focused on puzzles and stuff like that because I think a lot of people I think remember one of his videos he was saying that people were saying hey you're gonna get back to magic or whatever yeah and um yeah I understand how he feels you know we we all went through this sort of the same thing in a sense um so you just need that spark right that's right and and I guess that's where he found the spark again was going to FISM and then uh, this so this next video for those listening who haven't seen it yet you should go watch it on Chris Ramsey's channel but he basically talks about how now he's going to get back into posting magic on his channel and posting tutorials. And he made an interesting premise that um, I know Jason, Jason Mars going to love this premise too, because it, it talks about why posting tutorials is good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I didn't mind it. So Chris basically says like, he's like magic at the moment in terms of like comedians, for example, he's like, Magic at the moment is still stuck in this like knock knock joke phase where a comedian can't get on stage and tell knock knock jokes like like the classic ones we've already heard. But if you were to find some audience that never heard jokes before and then tell them those classic knock knock jokes, it would kill. It would murder because they've mm-hmm. never heard it before. Um, but he's like, the problem is if we're just doing that, like the magic's never going to get better and we're always going to cringe at those who are still doing those classic jokes, even though to an audience that's never seen those classic, what you might call hack lines or, or tricks or whatever, it's still going to kill if they've never seen it. So he's mm-hmm. like, it's better for an audience to, uh, and, and he's like, and it's because like, yeah, magic just hasn't been shared enough in the world, even though it's on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. He did a, he, he put up a poll and just even with his, within his magic audience, a very small, less than, I feel like it was 2%, but it, it's less than 10% of the people that answered the poll out of thousands mm-hmm. have actually seen a magic trick in person, like live. Mm. Um, and it just, so basically he goes on to say like how little people have actually seen magic live. It needs to be seen more and it needs to get to a point where people are kind of familiar with kind of like, he's kind of saying it's a good thing if, the majority of people kind of know the basics of how magic works so that they can appreciate the art more when you do push it beyond just the knock-knock joke phase. That's what he's kind of Mm -hmm. alluding to. So he's like, so I am going to teach magic and, uh, you know, what are you worried about people knowing when they know the secrets? Are you worried that you won't get invited to parties? You don't think people think you're cool because they know, like, how some of your magic's done? He's like... it's not like that and it will just make you get better. And so he kind of goes on this whole kind of wavelength of that. And it's interesting because I, I already, when I go and do magic, I make sure I do stuff that if the audience was to figure out the method, they would still be impressed in some way because the method is difficult, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like it's not just relying on a like a fake thing that they could buy and then and then mm-hmm. replicate it straight away or something. But 
What are your What are your and thoughts? How you, and how you, and how you <laughs> present it too? I think um, mm. it's it's almost kind of like you can use the same move, like you can just use a double lift in a trick, and you can steer them into a direction where it's just you know they have no clue where it's going, and then it, you know the car changes, and that's almost just enough for them to give a reaction, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't remember the last time I've done a trick where someone has said, oh, did you do this? I had someone go, mm. I think I know how you did it. And then later on, I asked him, I said, oh, curious, what, what's the, what's your thought on that? And he just said, oh, did you do, did you have a second one or did, you know, whatever. And I don't necessarily say he's correct or not. I always go, mm, interesting theory, but yeah, cool. I just keep it like that. Or sometimes I go, hey, that's a good one. I should, I should use that. <laughs> yeah. Like as if it's, yeah, yeah. you know, so. It's kind of the, yeah, you so, go yes and. You don't disagree, but you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or, mm. yeah, that, that is an approach you could, you could try or, or, yeah, be like, oh, yeah, maybe. Let, let me show you something else or, yeah. Or you can <clears> show love- that. You know what? Actually, that's an easier method than what I just did or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love going because um, uh, sometimes people will guess like how the, how the card gets to the top of the deck. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I always do this little sequence, which um, maybe I can kind of do it for the, the camera just so everyone can, yeah. can mix it up a little bit. So I had this, convers- this built-in conversation ready to go when or if someone says this to me. They're like, oh, I think I know how you did that and got it to the top or whatever. Or maybe they, they think you had two cards or whatever. So I go, look. And then they always will say something like, but I just, uh, you know, I, I didn't really catch it because your hands are so fast. So I, I tend to go with this conversation that magic isn't about sleight of hand being fast. It's more about being natural. So it's almost closer to being slow of hand, not, you know, sleight of hand being fast. And then I give this example and I go, look, so, you know, just casually, you know, which mm-hmm. card should we use? And they'll say four diamonds and i'll be like okay i'm going to show you when i'm going to show you the move of it of it going to the top okay and then i go like this and i go look so this is the move did you see it and they go no very nice and um you know magicians know what's got or pd knows what's going on and i'll go okay you didn't see it and then i'll do something like this i'll be okay well watch again i'll do it really slow again see see how slow I'm, i'm going and that's what makes it deceptive and they'll be like oh my god i didn't see it Again, now they're like really on the edge of their seat. And then I do this other classic, which is a classic, but in the context of this, it's, uh, it, it works so well. And I go, okay, look, this time you can be the last one to touch it. And then I get them to push it in, obviously. And then I go, look, I'll do it really slow. Did you see it? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, that's because it went up here. And then it just, it, 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 it's so funny because you use what they've said as a, as a heckle to yeah. just and then, fry them to just absolutely. And it's the fun. It's my, one of my favorite things to do when it comes up <clears throat> and you yeah, just hit him, hit cool. him with three different methods and uh, it's a good time. Then you just walk out of there like a, <laughs> like a king. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like um, for any of our um, magicians watching, like if you're anyone who I guess not sure what to do when you get heckled and stuff, always be in control of your story. Like they might say something that hits the money on exactly what you're doing, but then you got to go like, 
yeah, but hang on. What about this? You really just got to take them out of it and you just steer them. It can be just a bullshit thing all the way through and then they'll sort of just get off course and you do something else and then they go, oh, wow. And then they sort of almost forget what they were trying to get you at. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Viffle, Viffle, oh, first of all, Viffle, um, Viffle knows Petey. He's like OG in the house. Good stuff. Ooh, what's and up, Viffle? he also said nobody gets the voice change for Carter Mouse so crazy. That is a good point. I will say when I do this for an event, I usually will just stick it to my forehead, but I knew it wasn't going to because there's great aircon in here and I'm not heated up. But normally the voice, I guess I could have done this, but normally my voice won't change because I'm doing this. But you're right. If you if you were to put it in your mouth, they still are watching so closely that it, they don't notice. But um, but good pointing out on the podcast, you probably definitely hear the difference. But Speak, speaking can't. of the voice changes, I think JJ is probably the best person that does the card in mouth and still speaks the the few words without knowing without the the sound of him having a card in his mouth. I agree because he's 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 got it. He's mastered it where it's folded in a way, well, it's folded as normal, right? Mercury card fold, but he's got it where it's in his mouth where he's able to still go, is that the one? No? Oh, let me try again. And it just sounds normal. He's the only person <laughs> that I've seen be able to open the mouth and do the that and then show the card after it. Yeah. I've never seen anyone else do that. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got a good <laughs> gag reflex, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Credit where credit's true. He, that's you know, he definitely owned that. He definitely owned that for sure. Yeah, but um, otherwise, um, you're rocking. You're still rocking your your classic uh, card magic. From, yeah, uh, I, I started. I started pulling back out packet tricks. I've got a packet trick here for you. Let me see if I can get this camera down this, to, to the front camera. And uh, we're gonna get the front. Okay, sorry, the back camera. Okay, awesome. Can you guys see that? Look, your okay. your camera's been kind of uh, going in that? and out every few seconds, but um, but yeah, we can see it. Yep, yep. We can okay, see that. I'm just gonna do this here. Let me so, uh, full screen you. So, Josh, you can see here, and everybody else. <clears throat> this is probably one of my favorite packet tricks. Um, everybody can see six cards. Obviously, there's four that you cannot see. Two jokers are the visible ones. So, Josh, you are the king, and the two jokers are your bodyguards, and they're looking after four beautiful queens, the hearts, the diamonds, the clubs, and the spades. Mm. Now, the thing is, you can only save one queen. Which one is your queen? Queen of clubs. Queen of clubs. Now, you don't know which one is the queen of clubs, so let's go from left to right, one, two, three, four. Which one do you think is the clubs? I'm going to go number two. So this one here? Yeah, I'll go with that. Oh, no. Petey, he's still there? I think he's frozen. No. We need to see the end of the trick. Well, this is a way to build. This is a damn good way to build suspense if this is, uh, if this is planned. If it's not planned, still... Uh, Still entertaining. <laughs> At least it froze there and not like, you know, halfway through like this where it's just like looking funny. I don't know if you can still hear me, Petey, but uh, you've definitely frozen. But it's kind of poetic that it froze like that. Um, 
Yo, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Oh, yeah. oh, you're back? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I was just I was just telling the audience like it was so poetic it froze before you could reveal <laughs> anything. It was still I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to choose sorry. a different queen now. <laughs> no, you can stay with the clubs. But um okay, you can choose whatever. So okay, okay so what six cards, you were the king. The two jokers are your bodyguards. Uh, you can only save one queen. Which one is your queen? Okay. You know what? I'll still go with the club. Okay. But I'm so going to say one? I'm going to say uh, position four. So this one here. Yeah. So I'll remove these three. I'll leave them down here so you guys can see in full view. Clubs, yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. Mm hmm. You want to change your mind? No. Yeah, because it is the clubs. Now, th that's just the one in four chance, though. That's just the one in four chance, uh, obviously. And luckily, uh, you chose this one, too, because the other three are also just bodyguards anyway. So, Oh, snap. Damn, yeah. bro. That's, that's, that's really strong. That's, so uh... that is a trick called – let me go back to my front camera so you can see everybody. Um, I so I bought this I bought this trick like ages ago, and I had a whole a box full of just packet tricks. Like I had spare invisible decks. I had this. This is called Entourage, and I had uh, uh, all these. You know those when you buy just those single packet tricks. And then I just looked it up, and I said, "When did I buy this?" I was like, "What the hell is this trick?" Because I used to go on to like. Hank's Magic Store or Penguin, and I'd read the description of the trick, what it was, and if it was good, yep, I'll get it, I'll get it. And I'd eventually go <laughs> through it, and I totally forgot about this one. And when I read through it, and then I saw it, and then I sort of went through the motions, I was like, fuck, that's a really good trick. So this always sits in my top pocket uh, as, a, as a roving type trick. It's just an easy packet trick, and um, yeah, packs that's a punch. Really nice. Yeah and, yeah, and so is that an old packet trick? Because I've never seen it before, so it's like so old that it's new. <laughs> I, I guess so. Like it's a hundred percent. Like you, you can't miss. You can't That's miss. Awesome. So awesome. it could be hearts, diamonds, clubs, spades. It's all there. Yeah. Wow. I, I so, know what Doug's. Uh, I know what Doug. I know what Doug's uh, next TikTok's going to be next week. Because uh, he would have. He would definitely watched that, and then he jumped up saying thanks for. Jumping on. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for jumping on board. Happy man. birthday, Dougie. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mentioned this at the start, but uh, Doug's away because it's his birthday. But what I think would be cool is if, if you guys want to send in on the Magic Guys Instagram some birthday audio messages for Doug, I'll um, compile them together and we'll play them for him uh, mm -hmm. next week. But um, <clears throat> that's a great trick. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I never... I'll show you when we get off. I'll show you the uh, yeah, yeah. the thing. So the, the other thing with, with these sort of tricks is, and I'm sure you get it as well, Like especially if you do something like, say, for example, the invisible deck. You know when you do it one time and then someone's like, can you try it again? <laughs> do you immediately take the deck as it is and try it again? Or do you act as if, okay, give me a second, you turn around and you're pretending to choose another card and then come back mm. and do it? So it's not like a magical deck, you know what I mean? It's like an actual prediction. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I, what I do is um, I don't do Invisible Deck, but I mm -hmm. do Mnemonicosis, if you're familiar with that. And um, I think Sean used to do it a lot. And so I do that. And I just put up a vlog of a gig I did in a, a Wonderland-themed event 
Um, mm-hmm. I just posted it yesterday and I, that exact thing happened. So I do this effect where they can name any card when they're holding the deck in their hands. And then um, sometimes people will say, oh, try it on me. But in this case for the video, I was like, but what will be interesting to see is if it will try again. But I, yeah, I do what you're saying. I go, okay, well, let me try this. So this time I'm going to put a different card in a different mm. spot. And now let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But if you're doing invisible deck, that's got to, you got to do that, right? You got to be like, okay, well, yeah. then, okay, give me a second. Let me give me a second. Yeah. yeah. I think that's got to be the way to go. You can't just be like, <laughs> well, it's reset already. So let's try it. You know, you can't. So. <laughs> my, my story for invisible deck is always this. I, I come through. Sometimes I open with that when I start roving. So I'm in the back and I see people coming in. So I'll walk over really tired, like, oh, oh my God. And they're like, what's up? And I said, so embarrassing. As a magician, you never drop your cards. I was crossing the road and I dropped all these cards on the floor. I was rushing to get here on time because I thought I was late. And as I was putting it all in, I noticed there was one card facing down. I put it back in here. I think you know what it is. And that's how I get into it. <laughs> so that's, that's one hook. way I do it. Yeah, I like that hook. Oh, like I thought, yeah. Doug. Uh, yeah, Doug said I haven't seen that before. That's saying a lot because Doug has a massive archive in his big brain, entourage. Um, I think the trick was called entourage. That's awesome. Yeah, Doug, you might be able to see if it's on uh, in the Murphy's catalog <laughs> for mm-hmm. them to send you. But um, yeah, that that's a great pre- that's a great hook that doesn't um, doesn't waste any time. That's that's mm-hmm. that's great. That's fun to play with. Well. Uh, I don't want to keep you keep you all day. It's been awesome chatting with you, man. And um, mm-hmm. likewise, as, my man. As, as always, uh, I look forward to the th- the third the third round you're on when it's been uh, almost three years of us <laughs> doing the podcast. <laughs> but um, look, for everyone watching, so PD, you know the, the brief rundown, and there's a full other episode you can watch of PD when he came on the podcast with Jason, Doug, and I a year ago. But um, yeah, the guy's doing big things. He's influenced me a lot in my magic growing up. And uh, hopefully we can uh, film some content together maybe for, for the viewers. Yeah, when I come back, um, for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And um, get the OG back in, uh, in Queen Street maybe for a, a sneaky Woo-hoo. street episode or something. But <laughs> you, can follow, you can follow Petey's Instagram and his YouTube in the description below. And... Um, PD, any advice you have before we go for, for the viewers? Is there any any wisdom? It doesn't have to be the the Vietnamese grandpa wisdom, but any um or the uncle wisdom, but anything <laughs> you want to leave? Just in general? Anything in general? Yeah, yeah. Maybe for um, those wanting to do magic more or just maybe any life advice. What what have you sort of what have you got from I think I think um, other than health, you want to be healthy so you can do things. Uh, that's a given, but just in general, I think everyone should uh, have a dream, have some sort of a dream uh, with some goals written down and then make a plan and chip away at it each hour, each day. And I promise you, if you keep doing that, you will achieve what you want to achieve for sure, for sure. But little have that dream, have that goal, have the plan, like write it down. Like I know sometimes we think, okay, I want to do this and it's all in your head, but Trust me, when you write it down, write on a whiteboard, write on a piece of paper, like that visual sort of, you know, plan and goal that you see, tick off your task list. And the more you do that, the more you get into this habit and the, the, the right energy just starts, you know, steamrolling and you, you're moving forward and you get closer to your goals every time. So 
Stay with it, that. everybody. Stay <laughs> with it. That's great. Great words to go by. Write down your goals and we'll see you next week for episode 92 of The Magic Guys. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.